Welcome to the Nourishing Amy podcast. I'm Amy Rankin. I am an emotional intelligence and life coach, a speaker, a creator, and a wellness chaser. I have created this podcast for you to learn habits, mindset changes, and get really actionable takeaways to find out who you are, what lights you up, how you can love yourself again, and how to live your best life. Give yourself the space to welcome in more self-care and confidence, reduce feelings like overwhelm and stress, and let's find your sparkle again. Are you ready? Let's do it. Hello and welcome to episode 117 of the Nourishing Amy podcast and I do have to say a big welcome back because it has been a like I think five weeks or six weeks in between podcast episodes and I needed to have a break for a very good reason. We have a new little baby in the world which is very very exciting and it has been an absolute whirlwind to give you a very, very quick and very brief um, little life update. For those of you that haven't been following along um, over on Instagram, beautiful Lila Opal O'Connor entered the world a few weeks ago um, and it's just been pretty crazy since then. I mean, even since before then, but uh, unfortunately, Aaron and I uh, contracted rhinovirus, which is not coronavirus, thank goodness, um, but something kind of along a similar line. It's one of the viruses that they're now checking with the PCR tests and things like that. So Aaron actually got it the day after she was born. And then obviously, because we sleep in the same bed and are in the same bedroom, I got it two days later. And so the first two weeks of Lila's life was pretty rough with regards to being sick and having a brand, brand newborn and a toddler. Um, Luckily, though, Lila and Ollie didn't end up getting it, which I think was just an absolute blessing. Uh, And Ollie is adjusting. I think actually we're all adjusting, um, but just this age that Ollie is at, you know, he is, I think 21 months now, actually, I'm totally losing track of months and days, but he's 21 months now. So he's nearly two. We're definitely nearing the, and I don't like to call it terrible twos because it's just like standard developmental behavior. But as a lot of people would know it as terrible twos, lots of tensions, lots of very big feelings and a lot of really, really interesting and valuable conversation happening over on my Instagram page with so many people. You can hear Lila in the background. She's starting to wake up Um, with lots of people sharing just information and tips and like just wisdom that I need because Ollie is my oldest. I've never been through the tantrum phase before and the big feelings phase. And I have to be honest, This is actually, I'm not going to call it a bonus episode, but this episode is definitely a follow on from last episode because as much as, uh, you know, I speak about overstimulation um, two episodes ago and then reactive behavior and exploding and things like that in the most recent podcast episode, I have really, really been experiencing this myself and I need to be honest, multiple times a day. Uh, in the last four or five weeks since Lila's been here. So I thought, let's do a follow-up 
because I want to dive deeper into, okay, you've exploded, like it's happened um, and it's very normal, but what can we actually do after that? Like in the moment when you are exploding, straight after, immediately after, but also how can we really work to reduce this from happening more in the moment? So I guess, like I said, a follow-on episode from the last episode, a follow-on topic, uh, but something that I've really been having to work on myself and it's been very eye-opening, a little upsetting, I think, for me, myself. And I've also um, been noticing a lot of mum guilt coming up and a lot of really deep conversations that Aaron and I have had to be having around, yeah, like my reactive behaviour and why it's getting to this point, how it's getting to this point, how I'm letting it get to this point, um, but also what I can be implementing, what I can be doing to help myself to try to not get to that explosion point so often, um, some things that I can do to give myself some compassion and some empathy and some love and just be like, hey, you're human, this is a lot, like this parenthood, motherhood, and like personal journey is a lot on any day of the week, let alone having a newborn and a toddler that's having a tantrum and yet like a newborn that needs feeding and all of those, you know, things, all the things. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm going to be talking about today. It's probably going to be quick because I do need to start feeding Lila and I also need to, um, get up in about 15 minutes and get Ollie his breakfast and get him to daycare. So hopefully it's not going to be too long for you. Now, as always, I do have a recommendation for you. I have found a new podcast. One of my beautiful, beautiful best friends recommended a podcast episode to me. Let me read the actual episode details. So, um, I was talking about, yeah, like how I was really struggling and, uh, really trying to work on these reactive behaviors. And she sent me episode six. So the podcast is called Mother Unrefined. Um, It is hosted by Jessica O'Connor and Nicholas Gruby. It's fantastic. I am loving it because it's just real. It's just, you know, two mums, two friends sitting and talking about the, the real life side of motherhood. The bit that really got me was, um, they were talking about they were at the shops at Woolies and one of their kids was losing it and then uh, she lost it in the middle of the shopping centre aisle and just was swearing and yelling and, you know, it all just became a bit much. And I think while I was listening to this podcast episode, about two hours beforehand, I had also had a similar moment. I was at home, not at the shopping centre, but very similar moment, had lost it um, and just really thought, oh, I'm so glad this is not just me, but also what am I doing about this as well? So the actual episode that got me into this podcast was their episode number six, which is called Navigating Toddlerhood with Mandy Richardson. And they speak with Mandy Richardson all about brain development, setting boundaries, biting, sharing, risky play, screen time, and also effective play spaces. And I found this episode so interesting, so validating um, with a lot of the behaviors that Ollie has been showing at the moment recently, things like biting, things like questioning me, like how do I set boundaries with this? How do I have conversations with him that he understands? Like this is behavior that can't continue, 
but also making him and helping him feel safe. <laughs> Lila's having a dream. Um, and also things like effective play spaces, really, really interesting topic that I had never really thought about before and some changes that we've made in his play space in the lounge room that has made a huge difference I've noticed in his behavior and his uh, independent play in the last few days since making those changes. So like I said, Mother Unrefined, I started with episode six because that's the episode my friend had sent me that was really interesting and really relevant for me at the time last week. But I've then gone back and started at the very beginning and I'm just loving it. So that is my episode recommendation for this week. And let's jump into the actual topic at hand. Okay, I'm back. It is actually a few hours later since I recorded that intro. Uh, Lila woke up. Of course, Ollie woke up at exactly the same time and I was trying to juggle giving both of them breakfast and it was my very first morning of dropping Ollie to daycare on my own with the both of them and Ollie is currently not a good time in a car park. So, I was actually feeling a little bit anxious and I thought, you know what, I'm going to come back to recording the podcast. I've gone and done the grocery shopping on the way home from dropping him to daycare. So my meal planning um, is done and I'm going to be getting some meal prepping done this afternoon. And I'm currently trying to feed Lila. Uh, She is, (laughs) she's got her nights and her days mixed around, I think at the moment. So she sleeps so much during the day and look, it's amazing. I really can't complain. Like, you know, Oh, poor me. My baby sleeps so much, but she stays awake until about 2.30 a.m. then um, from about 9, 10 p.m. She's just wide, wide awake and won't go to sleep and gets very whingy if I try and turn the light off on. <laughs> um, so I'm trying to play with her awake windows this morning. She's actually four weeks old now. Uh, so yeah, we'll see how that goes. She's currently asleep on my boob. So Oh, it's just really all been mum life today. Um, but let's actually talk about the podcast topic that you are all here for finally. Uh, yeah, I feel like today is just the absolute definition of mum life and that's what we're here for, right, for these ones. So <clears throat> as the name says, so you have exploded, now what? And for me, before I recorded this one, like before I recorded the last episode, I was like, okay, so these are the different like tips and tools and all the things. Yes, that's all great. And yes, we want to try and keep that in mind. But I really found for me personally, I'll share a little story. On Saturday, we were in the car on the way to swimming lessons and Ollie was just really pushing every button possible and I was trying so hard to keep my cool and I was I was literally doing everything in my power and my capacity to stay calm like I was trying my deep breaths I'd closed my eyes I was reminding myself like I was trying to focus on my thoughts and my physiology which I'm going to talk about why that's important in just a minute Um, But I was trying to focus on like my thoughts and reminding myself like you're the adult, you have the ability to stay calm, Um, you know, all of those different things that we are supposed to tell ourselves. Um, And then I was also focusing on my physiology at the same time as well. So trying to do some deep breaths, I was closing my eyes, I was trying to just be present and focus on like, okay, I'm sitting in the seat, I can feel my bottom in the seat, I can feel my legs on the seat. Um, I can feel my hands being together, those types of things. 
to focus on being present and calm and grounded and it just wasn't working and it was like I was getting more frustrated then because I was like Amy stay calm like keep your shit together Uh, and I just couldn't and I probably lasted about 10 minutes which I was (laughs) pretty proud of I suppose but also I want to touch on mum guilt in this episode too quickly Um, and Look, he just, like I said, he just knows how to push all the buttons at the moment. And I think in the car, like sometimes he gets a bit frustrated and he was just so whingy and whiny. And Aaron and I spoke about it afterwards then on the way home. And I said, I think for me, it's just the constant noise. And exactly like two episodes ago when I spoke about overstimulation um, and that overwhelm that comes from overstimulation that is exactly what I was experiencing in that moment. And I said, it was like my brain just snapped and I had turned around and I said, be quiet, please be quiet, Ollie. And I felt so bad because instantly I could see in his face, he was like, whoa, like, I think, yeah, it's just, it's so hard. And this is where the mum guilt aspect comes in, where I feel like I should, and I know that we shouldn't use shoulds, but I should be able to keep my shit together because I'm the parent. And also I think there's another layer of like, well, this is what you do for work. This is what you teach for work. But this is the whole point of this podcast. And this is the whole point of what I do for work is that nobody, literally nobody on the face of this earth is perfect. Everybody is human. No one is going to get it right all of the time. And there is going to be things that trigger you. And there is going to be things that set you off. And so today's episode is like, all right, let's have a look at some proactive tools and also some reactive tools. So what I mean by that is proactive is like before you get to that 10 out of 10 point and you might notice that like, oh, okay, I'm starting to get a little bit triggered here. That's our proactive tools. But our reactive tools is like, all right, I've just, I've just lost my shit. I've just yelled at my child or, you know, whatever the case may be, you've just lost it and clicked. Then we look at, all right, what does repair look like here for me, but also for the other people around me, if there's other people around me as well. So first of all, what I want to do is focus on those reactive tools, probably because for me, that's been the more prevalent aspect Over the last four weeks, I think obviously being overly hormonal, having a newborn, like going through labor and birth and all the hormonal changes with my milk coming in and stuff like that. Uh, And then, yeah, just juggling, like trying to navigate another identity shift into as a mother of two, as a family of four, um, navigating Ollie's big emotions and tantrums and things like that that we haven't done before. So I'm feeling a little lost with that. So the reactive behavior is quite, um, what's the word I'm trying to look for? Quite common. That's the word. Quite common for me at the moment. Probably, I would say at least once a day, sometimes more. So what we want to do very first of all, when we're looking at the reactive tools of like, all right, I've just exploded. Where do I go from here? First of all, we want to acknowledge the explosion or the reactive behavior internally. So within yourself first. So just noticing, okay, I just lost my shit. 
whatever that looked like. Maybe you yelled at someone, maybe you snapped at somebody, maybe, I don't know, like whatever it is, think about a time recently or in the past where you feel like you've just lost it and you've just clicked. We want to acknowledge that first. This is the very, very first step. You can't change something if you're not aware of it. So just recognizing, and a lot of the time you will recognize it. And like I was noticing for myself, a lot of the time then mum guilt will come up and I'll be like, I feel really bad. You know, like I said, I'm the adult. I should be able to keep my shit together more often. Um, I shouldn't be acting like that, behaving like that, those types of thoughts. So we're acknowledging, okay, that just happened. Next thing is implementing something to help you to calm down or reset. Now, again, this is going to be individual for everyone. And I know I say that in nearly every episode, but it's true. What works for someone, for one person to calm themselves and bring themselves back to center a little bit or back to like that base level is going to be totally different for somebody else. But some different ideas could be things like doing some deep breaths, like even just, okay, I'm just going to do five deep breaths and just recenter myself. Maybe you feel like you would like to have a cry. Maybe it looks like popping on a three-minute meditation if you've got Insight Timer or Headspace or an app like that on your phone. Maybe you pop your headphones in for a few minutes. Some people I know just the act of putting their headphones in, not even having anything on is calming for them. So it could just be an action that helps you to feel calm. Maybe if you're at home or you're somewhere, you could go and sit outside in the quiet just for like two minutes Or maybe, and I spoke about this on my uh, Instagram page the other day, you could do a little bit of rage cleaning if you're at home. I spoke about rage cleaning the other day because uh, Ollie was having a bit of a morning. There was a lot of big feelings and emotions and I didn't lose it, but I was very close and I knew it was getting super close to his nap time. So we were doing lunch and things like that. And then I popped him down for his nap and I thought, okay, I need to re-regulate myself. And I just vacuumed and mopped the whole house and I felt so satisfied afterwards. And I was actually talking about the reasons why rage cleaning or just cleaning in general can be really satisfying and can feel really good for some people if that's your thing to help you to calm down. Because a lot of the time when we're feeling overwhelmed or overstimulated or even anxious, Uh, There's a lot of things that are generally outside of our control and that is leading to the overstimulation or the overwhelm. And so when we look at then cleaning or rage cleaning, as some people call it, it's like it gives you something to focus on that is within your control. And it's something that you are looking at and it also touches on the aspect of accomplishment and achievement within positive psychology of like, okay, I'm going to vacuum the floor. I can see that there's you know, crumbs and bits of food or whatever it is on the floor, and you're actively working on doing something about that, you're accomplishing and you are achieving. So there's a whole heap of other reasons why cleaning can feel really um, satisfying and can be quite calming. Another thing, another reason is that it can be our flow state. So our flow state is like, you could notice that you are not doing things like reaching for your phone or wanting to check your messages or your notifications or scroll social media when you're vacuuming or mopping the floor or cleaning the bathroom or whatever, because when you're in your flow state, your brain is just really present with that one activity. So flow state activities can be things for some people like yoga or Pilates. It might be painting. For a lot of my clients, they love gardening and getting outside in nature and doing some gardening. Maybe for other people, it might be going for a walk doing the house cleaning, um, writing out the meal prepping list, like whatever it is, the flow activities where you you realize, oh, 10 minutes has just gone past and I didn't even realize 
I, I don't even feel like any time has passed at all. So something that could be your flow state. So we're implementing something to help to calm you down and reset. What you are going to do after that is then ask yourself because you'll be more able to think clearly. So I think I've spoken about this on the podcast before. I'm, I'm nearly 100% sure I have. It might have even been in the last episode, but to be honest, it was so long ago now I can't really remember. What we want to do is think about a scale of one to 10. One being I'm super chill and calm and just normal. 10 being I'm feeling a big feeling the absolute most I could be feeling it and I'm about to explode. So on our scale of one to 10, if you are at a seven out of 10 or more, you are not going to be able to think logically and clearly. It's just not possible. If you are a seven, an eight, a nine, a 10 out of 10 in a really big feeling like rage, like anger, like frustration, like resentment, like disappointment, like feeling anxious, all of those really big feelings, if you're at nine or a 10 out of 10, you're not going to be able to think logically. And if I was to say to you in that moment, if you were, say, one of my clients or you'd come to me for some help and you were a 10 out of 10 and I said to you, well, you know, are you trying to control things that are outside of your control at the moment? What can you control? Things like that. There's no logical thinking there. Like I said, for me, when I was in the car on the weekend on the way to swimming, I was already at past that seven out of 10 point. And so that's the perfect example of logical thinking going straight out the window where, okay, I'm doing all of the, in inverted commas, things I should be doing, like trying to focus on my thoughts, trying to focus on my physiology and my body language and calm myself down. But because I was a seven out of 10 or more, realistically, I was like an eight or a nine out of 10 already. The logical thinking is going out the window and my brain was just like, I don't care. This is not working. I am so overstimulated right now. This is too much. So the reason that we're not going to be able to, oh, sorry, the reason that we want to be able to bring in something small to help to calm you down and reset is because when you've been at that explosion point, you've got to that 10 out of 10, the reactive behaviors come in, you've yelled at somebody, something's happened, the reactive behaviors there. That is going to lessen the feeling, but it's not going to make it go away altogether. So you might still be at like a seven out of 10. So it's lessened and it's gone down a little, but not fully. Then by implementing something to help to calm you down, taking a few deep breaths, having a cry, whatever it is, that is going to help to bring that level down even more. So maybe we're at a four or five out of 10. Maybe the feeling's still there a little bit, or maybe it's even gone down more. Maybe you're a two or a three. Then we can bring in the logical brain and the logical thinking to ask yourself, what happened there? Why did I just explode? what was happening for me there? And you can get clear on that for two reasons. The first one is for yourself so that you can create awareness, which reduces future reactive behavior. But the second reason is that you are doing this for other people as well, so that you can really clearly communicate what was happening for you in that moment. And also you can apologize or express what you feel, what you need, whatever's happening there. So the question, why did I just explode? What was happening for me? We're getting some clarity there so that you can start to recognize because what all of these steps are going to do is it's going to mean that it's not going to stop your reactive behavior altogether forever, but it does mean that the likelihood of you catching it out 
and reducing the amount of times that this happens, that maybe like, for example, I said for me, it's at least once a day at the moment, if not more. I am going to be actively working on this along with you guys because I want to and I need to. Um, And I might notice that, hey, I might have gone two days in between having a real reactive behavior moment. And that's going to be a really big win for me. It doesn't mean it's not going to happen at all. But the aim here is that it can happen less frequently or that when it does happen, we can notice it and work through it a lot quicker. The same with any of our other really big emotions. So like I said, the two reasons for yourself so that we're again creating that awareness, reducing it happening so often. The second one for other people is because you can start to really communicate, whether it's to your partner, to your friends, to your family members, whatever, You can communicate to them what was happening for you in that moment. Maybe you feel like you would like to apologize. Maybe you feel like you'd like to express how you were feeling and talk with them about it. Maybe there's a need that you notice wasn't being met there for you. And then what happens is you can, the next step is acknowledging your reactive behavior externally. So apart from that communication, what we're also doing is acknowledging the reactive behavior, not just like, oh, you know, this is what hap- what was happening for me there and why, but it's acknowledging the actual behavior. And this is especially important for children because it helps them to be able to give them some language and words and understanding around that. What we want to do is create a world for them that they see the whole spectrum of emotions, the whole spectrum of different behaviors and reactions, even when they're not ideal. Now, of course, like there's obviously extreme behaviors and reactions that we definitely don't want to be leaning into, but we want to be able to show them that I'm human and this is normal for me to lose it sometimes, but this is why this is what was happening for me. And this is what I'm going to be doing to be able to repair that. And this is what I'm doing to work on that. And for them to be able to view that and actually see that playing out is really, really important for them growing up that they can start to use conflict resolution for themselves individually and also with other people in relationships that they have as well during their lifetime. So we are acknowledging the reactive behavior externally to whoever it is that was around. So it might be children, maybe it's your partner, your friends, your family. Explain what happened. Explain how you were feeling. Explain why you were feeling that way. And then apologize if necessary. So there's a few steps there and hopefully they all make sense to you. Like I said, these are really the reactive tools. So this comes back to exactly what the podcast episode is called. Okay, this has happened. I've lost my shit. Now what do I do? All of these steps is what you do. Then once you've done all of that, we start to move into the proactive side of things. So once you start to notice things in the moment and reactively, they will gradually start to become more proactive you will start to notice things more and more. You will start to recognize, oh, I'm like a five out of 10 in a big feeling here. I'm feeling really overstimulated. I'm feeling really frustrated. I'm feeling really overwhelmed. I'm at a five. What can I do to push pause on this? What could I do for myself so I don't get to a 10? 
you can start to notice your thoughts or your physiology patterns before you get to that explosion point in that 10 out of 10. So this is another proactive thing that you can start to do. And another thing that you can do is give yourself some tools for when you notice you're getting to a five or a six. So when we're really starting to amp it up a little more, really noticing, okay, what works for me in those moments? Is it doing some deep breaths? Do I do some deep breaths together with the kids or with somebody else that's around me to help me? Am I vocalizing and just telling somebody how I'm feeling? Do I put some music on? Last week, I had a TikTok video that I posted that quite a few people liked um, that I was kind of probably at like a six or a seven out of 10. So I was getting up there. I noticed it. I noticed Ollie was feeling a bit... um, a bit overwhelmed and overstimulated as well. So I put some music on and we had a dance and we shifted our energy around. And within a few minutes, we were both a lot calmer, a lot more grounded, a lot more centered, and we were able to get on with the rest of our afternoon. Uh, Maybe for you, it might be having some time in another room or outside. Now, I know I've spoken about Anna, the anxiety coach before. A few episodes ago, she was my podcast recommendation. But if you're feeling stuck for different tools that you can give yourself when you're noticing that the feelings are feeling quite big. Go and have a look at Anna, the anxiety coach's Instagram page. She has so many really quick videos and reels. She's got so many informative posts and there's so many different ideas on her page for you that you could get one or two different ideas and think about, oh, I'm going to give that a go. I know one I saw this morning was sitting down, doing some deep breathing, but also including some muscle tension and release in that deep breathing as well. So really tensing up all of your muscles, feeling that physiology shift, and then letting it go and releasing that can be something that helps to really shift your energy around as well. So different ideas that maybe you haven't thought of before that you can give a go. So these are all of my different tips Obviously, a lot more with our reactive tools because this is something that's more relevant for me personally at the moment, but also something that I've been getting so many responses from and replies from over on my Instagram when I've been talking about this a lot recently too. I've been doing a few question boxes. I've been doing a few polls. And honestly, we're looking at like 98% of responses for these questions that I'm asking when I'm talking about things like reactive behavior and feeling overstimulated and frustrated and things like that with just like parenthood and motherhood and life in general sometimes is that 98% of people are also feeling these things and noticing these things coming up for them as well. So please know this is normal. You are not alone, but there is things that we can be doing together and working on these things together to be able to hopefully reduce the severity or the opportunity of these things coming up as often. Now I'm going to leave this with you here. Little Lila has fallen asleep again. So I'm going to go and wake her up and try and remind her that it is currently daytime and it's time to party now, not at 1am. And I will see you guys in our next episode. If you have found this helpful, I would absolutely love if you gave it a share over on your Instagram pages and a review really, really helps. A rating and a review really helps for other people to be able to see these podcast episodes as well. Thank you so much. I'll see you soon. If you liked this episode, I would love for you to screenshot and tag me on Instagram. You guys have no idea how much that absolutely makes my day. I get such a big smile on my face. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. And I hope that you have gotten something from this episode. If you want to hang out more, you can search the Nourishing Amy podcast community in Facebook and come and join our group. 
We're talking all things life, love, overwhelm, and everything in between. You can share your funny memes, your stories, and all of the life stuff. If you would like to get in contact with me, please don't hesitate to reach out and shoot me a message on Instagram. You can find me at Amy underscore Rankin. Last but not least, it really helps to support my podcast when you subscribe and leave a review on whatever app it is that you listen to this podcast on. I am just a little independent podcaster and every subscribe and review helps my podcast to be seen and heard by more people and to help more people get their sparkle back. Thank you again so much for being with me and have a fantastic day.